Chapter One of the Old Tobacco Shop. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Old Tobacco Shop by William Bowen. Chapter One Mr. Punch and the Clock Tower. When the little boy first went to the old tobacco shop, he stood a long while before going in, to look at the wooden figure which stood beside the door. His father was sitting at home in his carpet slippers, waiting for tobacco for his pipe, but when the little boy saw the wooden figure, he forgot all about hurrying. "'Now don't be long,' his mother had said, and his father had said, "'Hurry back,' but he forgot all about hurrying and stood and looked at the wooden figure a long time a little hunchbacked man not so very much taller than himself on a low wooden box holding out in one hand a packet of black wooden cigars his back was terribly humped up between his shoulders his face was square and bony if wood can be said to be bony he was bare-headed and bald-headed he had a wide mouth and his high nose curved down over it and his pointed chin curved up under it and his breast stuck out in front almost as much as his shoulders stuck out behind the little boy's name was freddy his mother called him that and his father usually called him fred but sometimes his father called him frederick in fact whenever he didn't come back after he had been told to hurry and then his father looked at him you know that look and said frederick just like that but his mother never called him anything but freddy even when he was late he grasped his money tight in his hand as he had been told to do and stood and looked at the little hunchbacked wooden man holding out his packet of black wooden cigars i wonder thought freddy what makes him so crooked he walked around him and looked at his back he walked around in front of him again and wondered if the black cigars in his hand would smoke he decided he would ask about it the little man wore blue knee breeches and black stockings and buckled shoes and his coat was cut away in front over his stomach and he had two tails behind down to his knees it was easy to see that he wasn't a boy though even if he did wear knee breeches you only had to look at his face, for he had the kind of hard boniness in his face that grown-ups have. Freddy made up his mind that he liked him anyway, and it must have been hard to have to stand out there all day without moving, rain or shine, and offer that bunch of cigars to all the people who went by, and never get a single soul to take them. Freddy put out his other hand, not the one with the money in it, towards the cigars, but he quickly drew it back for he looked at the little man's face at the same time, and there was something about his eyes. Anyhow, he stood back a little. "'Better be careful of Mr. Punch, young feller,' said a deep voice from the shop door. Freddy looked, and in the doorway, leaning against the doorpost, with his hands in his trousers' pockets and one foot crossed over the other, stood a little man, not so very much taller than himself, and certainly no taller than the figure on the stand who stared at Freddy as if he knew all about human boys, and he did not trust them out of his sight. Freddy looked at him, and then at the wooden figure beside the door. They might have been brothers. The little man had a hump on his back, and his breast stuck out in front. His head was big and square, and he had high cheekbones. 
His face was bony and his mouth wide, and his big nose curved down and his chin curved up. But he did not wear knee-breeches. His trousers were the trousers of grown-ups, and his coat was a square coat, buttoned tight over his chest from top to bottom. He was bareheaded, and he had plenty of hair, brushed from the top of his head down towards his forehead. He looked as if he belonged to the tobacco shop, or perhaps the tobacco shop belonged to him. He stared at Freddy without blinking, and there was something in his eyes. Anyway, Freddy stepped back, and held his money tighter in his hand behind him. "'You'd better stay away from Mr. Punch,' said the hunchbacked man, without moving. "'Yes, sir,' said Freddy. "'Did you say why? Because you know I'm terrible deaf, and can't never hear boys when they talk down in their stomachs. I'll tell you why, as long as you ask me. Do you see that clock on the church tower over there?' He nodded his big wooden head up the street without taking his hands from his pockets. Freddy looked, and there the clock was, plain enough. "'Well,' said the hunchbacked man, "'and I'll tell you, seeing as you insist upon it, and won't take no for an answer, but you mustn't never tell it to no one. Do you promise me that? Cross your heart?' "'Yes, sir,' said Freddy. "'Done,' said the hunchback. "'Mr. Punch's father lives up there behind that clock.' and sometimes just exactly when the two hands of that clock come together one on top of the other mind you like you lay one stick along another mr punch's father comes out and stands on that there sill under the clock he's a little old man with a long white beard and he stands there and puts his hand to his mouth and calls down here to mr punch and mr punch climbs down off his little perch and goes over to that church and climbs up the inside of that tower to the very top and meets his father and i've heard tell they have regular high jinks up there all by themselves and victuals more victuals and drinks than you have ever seen at one time yes sir a regular feast as sure as you're born and they don't only eat victuals no sir if they can only get hold of a nice plump little boy or two with plenty of meat to him that's what they like best and if it happens to be night-time, there's a lot of queer ones with them up there, and all sorts of queer noises. You ask the sextant over there about it. He's heard them. And if you should just happen to be around when Mr. Punch climbs down off this here perch, you'd better look out, for he's just as likely as not to snatch you up and carry you off with him, up there, into that church tower, to his father. And if he does that, that's the last of you— and your ma and your pa could cry their eyes out, and it wouldn't be no use. You'd be gone, and never come back no more. They say there's many a boy been took up into that tower by Mr. Punch here, when his father comes out and calls him. But he don't always come out when the hands of the clock come together. Nobody ever knows when he's going to do it. No, sirree. Mr. Punch himself never knows when his father's going to call him. "'Lord bless us,' said the little hunchback, looking up again in alarm at the clock in the church tower. "'Lord bless us, look at that!' Freddy stared at the clock. It was twenty-five minutes past five. He knew how to tell twelve o'clock and ten minutes to ten, but he had never got as far as twenty-five minutes past five. He could easily see, however, that the big hand was almost on top of the little hand.' he edged away further from the wooden figure on the box 
he was almost sure that the hand which held the cigars moved a little the hunchbacked man in the doorway stood up straight on his two feet and took his hands out of his pockets look alive young feller he said it's pretty near time in another minute i can't help it if mr punch's father comes out and quick boy come here to me before it's too late i'll see if i can save you freddy gave another look at the clock the hands were surely almost together and quick as a flash he darted to the hunchback and hid behind him and held on to his coat peeping around him through the doorway the little man put his arm about freddy and held him close it was a strong muscular arm and freddy felt quite safe the little man could not have been laughing for his face was as solemn and wooden-looking as ever but freddy could feel his body shaking all over he couldn't tell why you'd better come in and see aunt amanda he said before it's too late you'll be safe in there he took freddy by the hand and drew him into the shop the old tobacco shop stands at the corner of two streets as you surely must know if you have ever been in the city that lies on the river called patapsco which runs along ever so far out of a great bay where ships sail from all over the world called chesapeake bay it is an old brick house and you go into the shop by the door that opens in the side just round the corner not in the front for there isn't any door at the front but only a window with pipes and cigars and tobacco in it and the stuffed head of a bulldog with a pipe in his mouth the house is only one story and a half high and has a steep gabled roof with two dormer windows in the slope of the roof above the side of the house and the dormer window in the slope of the roof above the shop window in front where the bulldog is all the other houses fronting in the row are good high two-story houses why this corner house never grew up like the others no one knows when freddy was standing at the corner of the street before he had seen the wooden figure offering his bundle of wooden cigars there beside the door he looked down the street that runs along the side of the shop across the street that crosses it and saw the masts of tall ships in the harbour beside the wharves some with their sails up some with their sails hanging most untidily and some with their sails neatly rolled up and tied and he would certainly have gone down there only his father had told him to hurry freddy lived in a fine two-storey brick house in a row like this one a long long way off three squares off they say squares in that city when they mean a straight line between two streets and not a square at all down the same street on which the old tobacco shop fronts and it really takes a good while to go all that way for there is a boy halfway down a big boy who belongs to a gang and likes to bully little boys and you have to watch your chance to get out of his way and there is a place with a knot-hole in the fence where you can see all kinds of rusty springs and bed-rails and bird-cages and barrel-hoops piled up inside the yard and a tin-can factory where you can pick up little round pieces of tin just as good as dollars and a church where the clock is with a fat old man sitting on the pavement in a chair tilted back against the church wall smoking a long pipe who doesn't mind being stared at from the curbstone and a street-car track where you have to look out for the horse-car which is very dangerous when the horse begins to trot and but freddy hadn't lived long in his fine two-storey house in that street and these things were new to him and took time but the newest and biggest thing he had yet found not that it was really big you know 
was the wooden hunchback outside the door of the old tobacco shop, and you have seen how much time that took. Freddy found himself inside the shop, and his hand grasped tight by the big strong hand of the hunchback, so tight that he wriggled a little to get loose, but the hunchback only held him tighter. "'Come along,' he said. "'You'd better come in here and see my Aunt Amanda, or Mr. Punch may step out and get you. And then where would you be?' Freddy looked back out of doors over his shoulder, but it did not seem as if Mr. Punch meant to step out that time. He breathed easier. The shop was a very little shop, with shelves on the wall behind the counter, and a window in front where he saw the back of the bulldog's head. The two showcases on the counter were full of pipes of all kinds, and cigars and tobacco and cigarettes. And piled on the shelves were boxes of cigars and jars and tins of tobacco, and on the wooden top of the counter between the two showcases stood a tobacco cutter, and a little pair of scales with a scoop lying beside it and little iron weights in a box. The counter ran from the front window lengthwise to the back of the shop, and at the back, on your left as you went in, was a closed door. A wooden chair with arms stood beside the front window. You could get behind the counter only by a swinging gate at the back end. There was a delightful warm odour about the place, very much the same odour Freddy liked to smell when his father opened his old tobacco box on the mantelpiece, in the sitting-room upstairs, and filled his pipe. When he came home in the evening and put on his carpet slippers and spread out that everlasting newspaper that had no pictures in it, he could never understand why his mother opened all the windows the next morning. "'All right, young feller,' said the hunchback. "'We'll get on the other side of that door, and then we'll be safe. Here we are.' They reached the door at the back of the shop, and the hunchback opened it and pulled Freddy into the back room and closed the door behind him. Freddy hung back a little, but his hand was gripped tight, and he couldn't have got away if he had tugged with all his might. He was not so much afraid now of Mr. Punch and his father, but he didn't know what this little man was going to do with him, and besides, his father had told him to hurry. In this back room, near a window which looked out on the street, sat a lady. The hunchback marched Freddy up to her and stopped there before her, and wagged his head sideways towards the little boy. The hunchback and the little boy stood hand in hand, and the lady looked at them steadily. End of chapter 1